Welcome to Dad Pods. Welcome to Dad Pods. I'm Shane. This is Michael. And uh, this is uh, the aforementioned Dad Pods. This is our sixth episode. Pretty exciting. I can't believe we made it to six. We, I can't believe we made it to six. I can't believe we made it to Apple Podcasts. That's pretty exciting. Yes. We now can be, now, now we can even say things to people like the eight people that listen to our podcast. We can say, hey, can you rate, rescribe, uh, rate, subscribe, review, all that stuff? Yeah, please give us five stars on Apple. Yeah, five podcast. stars. It means a lot. I don't know what it means at this point because we're not, you know, advertising or doing anything like that. Uh, but please, you know, rate us and subscribe. You know, what you can do, this is a, this is a hack. You can actually subscribe, rate, review, then you can unsubscribe, then resubscribe, re-rate, and review. I, I think you can do that multiple times. So <laughs> for the five of you out there, you can go ahead and do this like, like 18 times a piece, and then it looks like we've got a whole bunch of uh, five-star reviews. <laughs> that, that seems like that would be a problem for Apple if everyone could just you'd, do that. You know, you'd think, but I'm not going to tell them. Okay. Well, <laughs> everyone should do that. Anyhow, so... We're still in quarantine. We are still in quarantine. Uh, but the this nice thing about, yeah, maybe, I don't know. The weeks all blend together. Mm-hmm. The nice thing about this time is uh, you can, you end up watching a lot of movies and we can hoist some of our favorite movies on our kids mm-hmm. and they have to watch it. Yeah. And they can, uh, you know, and kids watch the same movie, you know, over and over and over again. So, um, Keep that in mind too. As a as a parent, you're going to end up watching. Uh, I'm sure that uh, uh, Michael has seen Frozen 422 times. We actually haven't. They they kind of grow. They they're a little bit out of the princess phase now. Okay, but uh, I'm sure you've got that one film that you've watched. You know, a billion times. Yeah. So what's been really popular with the kids lately is been uh, they make these kid sitcoms. They're on Disney sitcoms. Channel. Kidcoms, good word. Uh, Nickelodeon, and it's always like some kid-centric things. Like, hey, uh, there's one where two twins, same actress, but they're twins. And get, guess what? Their personalities, they're different. They're different. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I'm old enough to have gone through the the. Was there a, there was a Lindsay Lohan version of that movie, and then there was a Haley Mills version of that movie. Yep. I can't remember the name of that movie. Well, parent, imagine it's a, a parent trap. Parent trap. Yep. Yes, that's the story. Weird story. And a, quick, and a quick caveat, because we are in quarantine, and it is the evening, I am drinking wine. I'm sure everyone will notice. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we should talk about these movies. There's a lot of good ones. Yeah. So the first question that I had, and this is a, a quick sort of intro into the movies, there's a lot of classic sort of teen movies and high school films. When is the right time to sort of introduce your younger kids. We've got kids that range from what, eight to 11. Mm-hmm. Um, when is it okay to go ahead and introduce them to these movies? And the movies I'm thinking about, we've got Ferris Bueller, The Breakfast Club, newer one, Pitch Perfect, Pitch Perfect, Clueless, Mean Girls, Days and Confused. Days and Confused is probably a little too old. That's um, a, little, it's a little sketchy now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Probably not okay to do American Pie. Probably not ever. That's that's for them <laughs> on their own. <laughs> uh, I, I think a lot of those, like Ferris Bueller, perfectly fine movie. 
-hmm. I think the problem you might end up getting is that uh, depending on your kids, so my kids, they'd watch that and they think, this Ferris, he's, he's a wicked, wicked child. Like they won't like that at all, that he's a rule breaker. I think when you get to a, a little bit older, then that's, that's funny. It's like, oh, ha ha, he's doing these things that you're not supposed to do. Right. So my kid has seen Pitch Perfect and he loves it. Mm. His favorite character is Fatty. Mm-hmm. Um, and it references The Breakfast Club in that film. So there's several films sort of referenced in that film. And uh, they referenced Breakfast Club. So I did sort of explain The Breakfast Club. And I haven't watched that movie in a really, really long time. There's some sort of rapey things that happen, you know? Like some unwanted touching, maybe some you know, inappropriate innuendo uh, that maybe is... You might want to wait till they're 13. Yeah, 13. 13 is okay. You can explain like it was a different time and say like, you know what? That wasn't okay then. It's not okay now. Mm-hmm. Perfectly. Yeah, okay. but Ferris, I mean, you know, my kid, he's a he's an anarchist. He'd probably love Ferris Bueller. Um, he could probably watch that now. In fact, I think my wife and I committed to Ferris Bueller before we end quarantine. Nice. Yeah, we were thinking of Ferris Bueller. That, that mm-hmm. I think, perfectly okay. There's a movie that we are going to watch that's sort of in that, that range, which is going to be uh, The Karate Kid. Okay. Yes, we've watched Karate Kid. Yeah, I know that one's that'll probably be a big hit. Um, yeah, looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's, I mean, you know, Daniel is kind of a little whiny. That's about it. That's, yeah, totally fine. Yeah. Yeah. The thing, the thing that I already know where they're gonna not like they they don't like peril. Like there's too much peril. So most of the movies that I'll list, they they have very little peril. So yeah. When the most of the movies that I list involve either superheroes. Uh, Jedi, which are superheroes. Right. Uh, you know, my kid doesn't like anything where someone is not being threatened by a dinosaur, that kind of thing. Um, so, and, you know, this this could probably bring us, if we wanted to talk about the difference between boys and girls. Uh, Potentially. <laughs> but uh, we can we can get started with our quarantine movie. Right? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I was going to say, the only part in Karate Kid is when the, the bad kids steal his bike. Mm-hmm. That, that ends really fast, though. Well, he also gets his butt whooped a couple of times by the bad kids. Yeah. Outside of, outside of the ring. Right. It's all in the beginning, though, so we, we'll get through it. Yeah. Cool. Ready to get started? Okay. Sure. First movie. Rookie of the Year. Okay. So this is around 95-ish, maybe? Uh, yes. I remember it when we watched it. It showed it. It looks, the film stock looks very old, so it's early 90s for sure. And uh, little known facts, directed by Daniel Stern. The voice from the Wonder Years. Yep. He's also plays... City Slickers? The pitching coach in this movie. So he's supposed okay. to... So, okay, recap of Rookie of the Year, if you don't remember it. He's a, a young kid. Uh, actually, he's the act, same actor that was in American Pie later on. <laughs> uh, one of them. One of them. You can, you can figure out which one. It's not Stifler. Not, yeah. And not, not the kid with the pie. So <laughs> he, he's not very good at baseball. And it opens with him uh, screwing up to catch a, a fly ball. In fact, he, he screwed up so badly that his hat goes over his head. He gets the ball off the ground and throws it over the fence, turning a dropped fly ball into a home run. 
So just a quick interjection here. Yeah. This movie should not be, con- this is the movie where this is, should not be confused with the kid that becomes the owner of the Minnesota twins. Not that the, movie. Uh, right. This movie is different than that one. Yes. That one is terrible. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And it has some similar sort of elements because like there's the, the guy that kind of is his father figure, but it's not really his father and he dates his mom and it is weird stuff that goes on. Right. This is a kid that becomes a player, not an owner. Yes. So the kid through a fluke accident, he breaks his arm, it sets, and now he can throw hundred over a hundred miles an hour. Realistic. Realistic. And then of course he becomes a member of the Cubs. Hilarity ensues. It's a, it's a good movie. Has entertaining. My kids loved it. They were like on, on their feet at the end. Like the, the tension went, spoiler, very old movies, not much of a spoiler. <laughs> of course, he, he, using that ability, they make it all the way through the playoffs. Somehow there's this bizarre one game play in where the next game would be the World Series. That's not quite how it works, but. Okay. Game seven, whatever. Yeah, so somehow it's a game seven. He, uh, using his ability to throw fast, they get there. And of course, in the final game, he loses that ability. Somehow he has to get through it. And uh, again, hilarity ensues. He uses all his kid powers. That's, that's yes. the best thing about this movie. Mm-hmm. Kid powers. Kid powers. Doing things that kids do that adults don't do, that allows him to, to get through things. Mm-hmm. It's really good. And it was a good story with the, the mom too. Holds up pretty well. Nothing uh, racist. Amazing. Nothing racist. Uh, a pre-crazy Gary Busey, isn't he? Yes. That? Yes. Gary Busey plays the older pitcher on the team that acts like a father figure to the kid. Yes, I believe in the, uh, the knockoff where the kid becomes the owner of the Minnesota Twins. It is one of the actors from, uh, do you remember the show 30-something? Back in the yes, I do. Yeah, the bearded guy. I think he plays like a first baseman or something. Timothy Busfield? Yes! Excellent <laughs> pull. I don't know why I remember that. You shouldn't be proud. <laughs> that, that's that's absorbing valuable brain cells anyhow uh, <laughs> rookie of the year avail- available on disney plus might not be the first movie you think of when you think of classic kids movies but it actually holds up pretty well mm-hmm. out of five stars solid four okay so uh for my next one i i mentioned so my son is obsessed with superheroes dinosaurs jedis all kinds of you know any kind of action movie, he's seen all of the Mission Impossible movies. Maybe I'm a bad dad, I don't know. Uh, he's seen all of the Jurassic Park movies, I don't know. Maybe I'm a bad dad. Maybe they're too violent, I don't know. Um, I will tell you that during these quarantine times, sometimes uh, exercise for, for my kid is just us wrestling in the, uh, the living room and him just trying to wail on me as hard as he can and me just trying to, you know, not in the face, not in the face kind of action. Yeah, uh, but uh, you know you gotta you gotta burn your yaya somehow. Is he the dinosaur in this scenario, or is, are you the dinosaur? You know, I it, you can go either way at that point because <laughs> I'm I'm a little older than he is, so yes, dinosaur if gotcha. dinosaur would work. But uh, he's also the predator. Okay. <laughs> so, which is a movie I probably won't do with my son just yet, mm. but it's coming. Okay, it's on the list. Because you know. Because you can do the whole, kill me now! Kill me now! That was a great scene. But anyway, I digress. 
Um, so I'm going uh, for mine. I'm going to do like a, a ranking of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I'm not going to do all 20 some odd films. I, I've got like a top 10. All right. Let's hear okay. it. It's important to, to, to do the ranking because if you've got a boy, you're going to end up watching these movies 500 times. Um, and even though they all sort of mesh together and tell like a big coherent story, each, each of the individual films has a beginning, a climax, you know, your heroic journey, and an ending. Except for Infinity War, and you sort of throw Infinity War in with Endgame and make it like a six-hour epic movie. So um, my ranking is, and you really should watch these movies in order that they came out, but, you know, for the purposes of, you know, the eight people in the world that haven't seen any MCU movies, I'm going to rank them and... This is my ranking. So number one, Captain America, The Winter Soldier. Great movie. Great movie. It's an action movie. It's a, a superhero movie, but it's also a really good spy movie. Like there's the intrigue over, you know, what did Nick Fury do? What is this, you know, assassin over here doing this stuff? And it's got, it's got Chris Evans in his most sincere and, you know, you know, wholesome. Yeah. You got your right Robert thing. Redford too. Robert Redford in one of his last films. Great. Um, the 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 elevator scene, which has totally been memed now, where he fights like twenty seven people in an elevator, it's great. Uh, some of the some uh, some of the superhero movies where there's not a, like an overly powered superhero have the best fight scenes because they're just human fight scenes where they jump around and they do sort of gymnastic stuff and it's super athletic and stuff like that. Those tend to be the best fight scenes. Like the, the fight scenes where somebody's in an iron suit and they're you know, shooting things are not necessarily always the best fight scenes. Yeah, I would say this movie almost, even though it's a superhero movie, is still more grounded. It could almost be a Mission yeah. Impossible movie in another Exactly. Country. I'm pretty sure the, the whole plot is stolen from a Mission Impossible movie. Probably. Or vice versa. It's the same thing. I mean, I mean, Ethan Hunt is pretty much a superhero. Yeah. Or Tom Cruise. I'm not sure if there's any difference between the two people. Oh, he's playing Tom Cruise. Yeah. Um, number two. So this is where I throw my, uh, infinity war and Endgame into one movie kind of tells the complete Thanos story and you've got the snap and you've got the love you 3000 and the whole, it, it was able to bring in sort of emotion as well as great action, really great acting performances. The, the MCU really allowed for acting performances for, superheroes in a way that hadn't really been done before like if you if you go back to like the nolan movies you have great performances in villain roles like you know if you think about the joker or razo ghoul or any of the um the villains but bruce wayne's just kind of there right and it's totally underutilizing christian bale the mcu really allowed their actors that are playing these superheroes to really act and not just you know fight people and be monosyllabic and yeah, they almost went the opposite way. Yeah. In general, most of the villains are not that memorable, except for right. in the, these two Avengers movies. Yeah, so Thanos, obviously, mostly in Infinity War, but in Endgame, Endgame 2 was excellent. Joss Brolin may be the best sort of CGI character, certainly since Gollum. Totally. Okay, so number three, Black Panther. Great movie. Great movie. Um you can look at it like it kind of as like a like a war revolutionary kind of movie. Um, obviously, a lot of the um, the social impact of that movie was really important 
first real black superhero uh, in a in a in an important way, and sort of linking to African heritage and kind of the differences between an American um, African American versus an African. It's kind of really cool, uh, really interesting villain. Um, excellent acting in that film, obviously by Michael B. Jordan, but also um, really good uh, uh, supporting role from Martin Freeman, who's in like every movie that you've ever seen. Um, was in Sherlock, was in uh, uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. He was in uh, The Hobbit. He's been in just everything. And he's almost yeah. always the same guy, but he's just really good whenever he does. He's like um, a petty son. I really like this movie. It has that, um, that middle sequence, which is again, where the movie becomes a spy movie for a little bit. Yeah. It's a scene straight out of James Bond. Like they, they go to the casino. Yeah. So the, to me, that's what makes this, part of what makes this movie so enjoyable that there's so many aspects to it. It's like, oh, there's yeah. part of it's political, part of it is, is this uh, historic thing, journey, and yeah. there's also the spy movie. Yeah, and again, another really good sort of grounded movie where there's not like these overly superpowered individuals. So there's lots of really cool action like that, you mentioned that that scene in the casino, the fight scene really, really there is really good. Um, yeah. Okay, so number four, I've got Thor Ragnarok. So okay. mostly because Thor Ragnarok is just funny. It's the most comedic of the of the MCU movies. It's totally ridiculous. Jeff Goldblum as the uh, um, as Jeff Goldblum as the Grandmaster is amazing. Uh, you know, Mark Ruffalo is really funny as the Hulk. Um, it's really the star turn for for Chris Hemsworth, who is a beautiful, beautiful man. But like, this is the, like him sort of just establishing, yeah, you know what? Robert Downey Jr. was like the star of the first half of the MCU universe. I'm really the star of the second half of it. And this was him just sort of, you know, planting his flag in that... Uh, interesting part of this is you don't often see a serious actor playing comedic you go the other way around a lot I, yeah. I think it might have to do with the difficulty it's like either you've trained in comedy basically to start your career and you go the other way but very few go this direction right number five i've got captain america civil war number five um it really should be an Avengers movie. Mm -hmm. I know that, you know, Captain is sort of like the, the lead character in it, but I think it had up to that point had more Avengers in that movie than either of the previous two Avengers movies. <laughs> Almost as much screen time for Iron Man as Captain America in the movie. Almost. Iron Man is essentially the villain in this film. Yep. In a lot of ways, because he's sort of at odds with Captain America the whole time. Um, and I think uh, expertly played by Robert Downey Jr. during this film. Um, it also has the advantage of, you know, it's two most powerful Avengers are sort of not in it. So the Hulk and Thor are not in this movie at all. Um, so it's a little more grounded. I, you don't have your flying around characters like uh, Iron Man and the War Machine kind of doing stuff like that. But uh, the scene at the airport is great. Uh, it introduces both Spider-Man and Black Panther into the MCU. They nailed Spider-Man, getting him, making him a complete dork and goofy, you know, wisecracking teenager, uh, which is something that the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies never really accomplished. And uh, 
uh, totally nailed the Peter Parker character, even though he's only in like two scenes. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, just kind of an interesting sort of tearing the Avengers apart type movie before you have to bring them together back uh, later on for Infinity War and what, Endgame. What I really liked in that movie, up until that point, every single MCU movie ended with basically escalating chaos. Like every act three had to just be like an even bigger fight. Yeah. And uh, the end of Civil War is big spoiler for kind of old movie is the fight <laughs> between two friends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The aforementioned Civil War. Yeah. Yeah. It got smaller as the, as the movie went on. Which makes the stakes feel greater. Yeah. Yeah. Because it wasn't just, and you know, all of the Captain America movies have this sort of um, underlying, there's an amazing speech by Captain America in the film. So in Winter Soldier, uh, which was the first on the list, he does this uh, when, he, when, he, when he announces, spoiler alert, that Hydra has taken over uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. He has this uh, over the PA system at the S.H.I.E.L.D. headquarters. He's got this speech where he says everything. And it's about four minutes long and it's super inspirational and you know a call to arms and that kind of thing. Uh, he has the same kind of thing that happens in... Uh, 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 the first Avenger, uh, the first Avengers movie, he has it in uh, Age of Ultron. He has it in Endgame, and I think he, they even make fun of it in Endgame, like when Rocket Raccoon says something like, "He's really good at this," that kind of thing. And uh, in this film, there's no speech. It's actually the letter that he writes to Tony at the very end and gets delivered to him is the speech, right? You know, Chris Evans reads the 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 letter that that Tony's reading and it it's it's this Captain America speech. It's you know, I'm really sorry that we disagree on this. I really wish we could find a common ground, but you know, da 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 and just super inspirational. Even though he's breaking up with you, he makes it feel like, you know, he still loves you. And it was it's really him, not you. So because that really is like a, a breakup movie. Um my number, where are we at now? Seven? Six, had, seven, somewhere around had, there? You had two movies together. One. I had two movies together, so that counts as... So I go one, two, three, four, five. So this is going to be six. Okay. Iron Man, the first one. Started the whole MCU. Um, changed the way that superhero movies were kind of done. It, it was a lot lighter than the, than the Nolan universe that was going on at the same time. Um, with Batman. Those are great movies too, but this was a lot lighter. Um, the stakes were still high, but it was, you know, he was kind of wisecracking. He was Robert Downey Jr. being charming. Um, uh, it started a, an, a weird trend for the first, maybe five or six of the MCU movies having really not having a really good villain. Mm-hmm. You know, the villain in Iron Man is sort of, Oh, it's Jeff Bridges in another suit. He's bald. But yeah, same same as the the villains, the same as the hero. Yeah. And it's just like he's just kind of mean. Yeah, a mean version of the hero. <laughs> a mean version of the hero. So uh, you know, that would be where it kind of jumps down. I know a lot of people put this one a lot higher than 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 I do, but you know, still a good film. Yeah. Um got the tone set the tone for the for the entire universe. That's great. Uh, next one I got is Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, mostly because they were able to put a tree and a raccoon in a movie and make it successful. That's uh, You can't really do that in other movies. I mean, I'm sure that there's been movies where there's been raccoons and trees, but they didn't talk. Yep. 
in those movies. Uh, so number nine, I'm going to go Spider-Man Homecoming. Um, my kid likes Far From Home better. Hmm. I kind of liked Homecoming better only because I'm a huge Michael Keaton fan. Oh. And that's my main reason for it. I think I like Homecoming more as well. I, uh-huh. I actually didn't show... So my youngest one liked Homecoming when we watched mm-hmm. it. A little scary for her. And I, I shied away from Far From Home because I thought that one actually might have a bit too much peril. Gotcha. Okay. A little too scary. Um, yeah, my kid thrives on the scary. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I'm going... And then finally, for the 10th, which might be 11, I don't care. Uh, the first Avengers movie. Um, Joss Whedon at his best in this sort of, as the director, um, kind of lost his mojo for Avengers 2, the Angel mm-hmm. Alpern movie, but um, this one was great. Was able to sort of, you know, bring in, you know, four or five, six characters um, and kind of gave them all sort of enough space to, to run everything. And uh, one thing that Joss Whedon is great at you know, he's the creator of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, creating a really, really interesting female character. I think Black Widow is the best hero in this film. And it's not a, not a you know, I don't think it's a uh, coincidence that she's the one that, you know, has the scepter and stops the big thing at the end from, you know, going through and, and closing up the portal from the other dimension that was bringing in all the, spoiler alert, bringing in all the aliens that were destroying New York City. Uh, I know that we talk about, you know, Tony Stark does the sacrifice thing, but it's she that actually is the practical one that finds the, right. the tool that ends the, the, the conflict. They so. did a really good job, or Whedon does a great job of showing why she's on the team. It's like, hey, right. they, they joke about it a lot. There's two people without superpowers, and they don't really right. ever explain why they, they put them on this team. But then they have her in an, in an interrogation scene, mm-hmm. showing that sometimes information is the most powerful thing that you can have. Right. And to and to, to Whedon's credit, in the second film, the second Age of Ultron, he tries to do that with the Hawkeye character too. Like he tried to bring in, you know, Jeremy Renner's family, and so he was sort of like the character that sort of held the team together. It just the execution in that film wasn't as yeah. That that, that just doesn't make as much sense. To me. <laughs> no, yeah, it, it's fair. It's fair. Yeah, there's always been a question as to why Hawkeye's on the team. Like, I need a guy that shoots arrows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so there's my list. Go watch but, MCU movies. They're all on Disney Plus. I think. I think the. I think all of the ones I mentioned are on Disney Plus. I think Avengers One is not yet. What? It's, it's still on it's one of the old ones. Oh, it's on like Netflix A- or, something? or Amazon Prime. Amazon. Actually, I think. And I think the one. The Infinity one I've been trying to see my, with my son is the original Incredible Hulk. Mm. It's not on there. You it's can't terrible, find it. But my kid wants to see it. Yeah, I don't think you can find that anywhere. <laughs> you shouldn't. It was bad. Yeah. <laughs> Anyhow. All right. Next movie. Next movie. Speaking of Mark Ruffalo, 13 going on 30. 13 going on 30. I have actually never seen this film. All right. Uh, I had the privilege of watching this for the first time. <laughs> I actually thought I'd seen it because it seems like uh-huh. a movie I would have seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, very short recap. It's a kid wish fulfillment thing. A little girl. She's 13 years old. She has this best friend. He's a little pudgy. They call him Beaver. Uh-huh. But he's a really cool friend, like always there for her. Uh, at her birthday party, she really wants to be cool and hang out with like the, the cool kids. They, they come to her house, uh, and then they, they say, oh, we're going to do whatever, 
six minutes in heaven and you see you go into the closet blindfolds her they all sneak off take all the food because the, the cool kids they're they're not they're not cool they're mean her friend comes down he's made this homemade house that he gives to her and uh but she's just upset because friend seems kind of dorky and uh she's just like oh i wish i was cool i wish i was cool flash forward all of a sudden she wakes up and now she's 30. she's had everything she wishes for she ends up she was friends with the cool kids she's surprisingly no longer friends with what her with her best friend and she's wondering what's happened her best friend now that she's 30 he's turned into mark ruffalo fancy that <laughs> but they're not friends and then he explains it like yes you know when we were 13 that was the last time we really hung out then we sort of drifted apart and even though as you might expect she thinks she's gotten everything she's wanted she doesn't she manages to go back to the past um either through magic or she was never really in the future that's not entirely gotcha. clear to me and then uh yes. Let me ask you this, in a toy store, does she play uh, chopsticks on a piano with her feet? She never does. Okay. <laughs> Although as a 30-year-old, she does hang out with other 13-year-olds because in her head that is her actual age. Yeah, it's, it's big. You, it's <laughs> big. See, I was thinking, I was thinking it was going to be, do you remember that movie, and this is going to date us as ch children of the 80s, but it was like Kirk Cameron and Dudley Moore. I do remember that. Which bodies? Yeah. I don't remember the name of the movie. Vice versa? Maybe. There were multiple ones? Yeah, there was also one with Fred Savage, like like the next generation. I can't remember what that movie was. Yeah, I don't know. There, there was a there's a whole bunch that are basically Freaky Friday. Right. Yeah, so this this one is this is female big. Gotcha. Also good. Um, the thing right away is that you you know, as an audience member now, I watch it and you see like, oh yeah, her friend Beaver, he's a cool kid. Even though he's like a little pudgy, then of course he turns into Mark Ruffalo and he's like even cooler as Mark Ruffalo because he's a photographer. He's done all this like <laughs> these stuff. It's like, oh wow, this, this, he turned out really cool. How did you not be friends with him? And that's, therein lies the plot. Excellent. So, um, all right. Next movie is the newest movie, I believe, on our list. Mm -hmm. um, just really, it would have been in theaters probably still. Um, had we not, you know, hit the apocalypse right here, um, onward. Uh, so it's a, it's a Pixar movie set in like a alternate reality where like, uh, magical creatures from mythology are living in sort of contemporary society. So it's like a, I think it's a family of either trolls or elves that are, they say elves, they're elves. Yeah. So, um, and it's, a uh, Standard Disney practice to uh, whenever you have a child in your movie, uh, they have lost one or more of their parents mm -hmm. due to some tragedy. So in this, they've lost their dad years ago, the two brothers, played by Tom Holland and Chris Pratt. And um, so the Disney formula is, you know, you kill a parent member and then the kids become special later on and realize that, you know, they've got great power within themselves because of something. Um, and it works every time. Uh, the most important thing is, and this is a great movie. It's a, it's a tearjerker, you know, because it's going to turn out that, you know, spoiler alert, the, 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 his older brother was his dad really not, not in a, like a West Virginia kind of way, but in a, in a more like he provided the sort of thing that his dad couldn't because he was no longer there. So his dad raised him and his dad provided him all the things that 
his, uh, his, his brother provided him all the things that his dad couldn't. It was it's one of those touching, you know, families become families. Yep. However, things yeah. that, however that happened. Family can be um, many different things. It's probably the yeah. thing. Uh, the big thing is this should have been called the, the Brotherhood of the Traveling Pants because sure. uh, they, they try to bring back their dad and he's just a disembodied pair of pants that kind of walks around. Um, they really missed out on a, on, a, on a great pun. Could easily have been done somewhere in the, the course of the movie. Yeah, they could have made a, a reference to it or something. Um, but a great cast for this movie too. Like Chris Pratt, I mentioned Chris Pratt, Tom Holland. Uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus plays the mom. Uh, Violet Davis, I think, is in the film. So a whole bunch of really cool people. Yeah. And because it's, because it's a Pixar, uh, Cliff Clavin from Cheers is in it. Yeah, it's, it's really good. I I do remember a criticism on Twitter where some parents who's, you know, where the husband had passed away, that they, they were afraid that their kids would see this and then think that there's a way to bring back their their dad. Yeah. That seems sad to me. Uh, I don't know what Yeah, people that. need to not be so upset about that kind of thing. But, yeah. Yeah, I could see, uh, well, I could see either way. But anyhow, I didn't yeah. think it was, I thought it was a good movie. And uh, what, what else was I going to say? I, well, this was definitely a movie actually similar to 13 going on 30. Like as you're watching it, you see the older brother and like there's some tension where the younger one thinks like, oh, he's too dorky or whatever. He's always getting into mm-hmm. trouble. He's a little bit of a goof. The whole time I'm like, that older brother's really awesome. Because <laughs> <laughs> how many times do you have it where the older brother is like nothing but supportive of the younger brother? Like, right. That right. was 100% clear. Yeah. Most of the time in these kinds of like, you know, kid movies, the older brother is often the villain. Like he's like the bully. Exactly. You know, he's hanging out with his friends. You, the only sort of moment of humanity you get is occasionally like he'll stand up for you, but it's not something you, yeah. he can do in front of his friends, that kind of thing. Yeah. I liked how in this movie, it was clear from like second one where you see the older brother, like how he feels about his younger brother. Yeah. He's not like, for example, he's not Bill Paxton in Weird Science. No. Not at all. <laughs> yeah, that was a good choice. Definitely one to watch, uh, uh, if, again, if you have Disney Plus. Yet another Disney Plus movie. Yep. This one's called... Not, this, this episode brought to you by... <laughs> you can tell that's kind of what we've been hitting a lot of during, yeah. <laughs> during this time. Yeah, it's, it's the Corona apocalypse. This movie's called, uh, this one's easier to miss. I don't think many people saw it. It's called Queen of Katwe. I had never even heard of it. Yeah. So if you look up anything like top movies on Disney Plus, you'll find this up there because it's one of the highest rated on Rotten Tomatoes. So I'll give you the plot. It's a true story. Uh, it's a young girl in uh, Uruguay. So Katwe is like this uh, slum in Uruguay. And not everyone gets to go to school because that's just how it is. There's a Basically, the only schools are private schools, but uh, she stumbles into a chess club and she can't read yet, but through chess, and it turns out she's really good at it, she's able to get an education. Well, spoiler, at the very end, she gets an education, but she trains at chess, becomes really good, does a lot of chess competitions, and eventually that's how she gets like a scholarship to, to go to school. And then at the very end, the real life story of this happened fairly recently. So you actually see the real person who this was, and she's like basically on her way to college now. Mm-hmm. 
but the girls really like this. This this actually fits in with the movies we've been watching in that um, Rookie of the Year was kind of the first sports movie I'm introduced to. The mm-hmm. And this was basically a sports movie, except with chess. Well, I think I, I read about it after you put it on there. It was, it was produced by ESPN, right? Yeah. Based on a, like ESPN, the magazine article or something. Yeah, they must have written about her, and that's how there was a book made about her, and that, that leads to the movie. Mm-hmm. Starring Lupita Nyong'o. Yep. And a really, as playing a young mother. Mm-hmm. It's a really uh, very entertaining, you know, mm-hmm. you, not something that you think of like, oh, I'm going to watch a movie about Uruguay, but like it's, it holds up really well. And even if you don't know a lot about chess, just following all those classic sports mm-hmm. moments. Uganda. Not your. Oh, that's right. It was Uganda. We're going to get all, all four of our listeners are going to get so upset. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I remembered it really well during the movie because they make it. Really clear. <laughs> okay. Okay. Now we get into our wheelhouse. So oh, yeah. the last movie that we're actually going to talk about, we might have to push the, the last sec. We should push that last section sure. to another pod. Um, Back to the Future. Great movie. Yes, great movie, amazingly rewatchable. Um, it's absolute. So you get Michael J. Fox at the height of his powers. Um, Robert Zemeckis, this was like his first major big role because I think he was the, wasn't he something like the cinematographer on Jaws or something like that? Yeah, that's how he got his start. So he was working with Spielberg and then he sort of came out from under his, uh, under his wing and then um super amazing like uh special effects in this movie but then just an amazing like comedy movie um christopher lloyd's terrific as doc brown um the guy that plays the villain biff i can't remember his actual name but he's terrific uh playing marty mcfly's father uh george mcfly is crispin glover Mm -hmm. who's perfectly weird has never really done anything other than this role and he'll always be remembered for just being amazing in it um and one little tidbit that i thought is just amazing so the guy that plays the principal super cue ball you've seen him in tons of movies his name is james tolkien and he's this hard ass you know tell you how it is kind of principal you know not going to take any guff from anybody gonna you know set everybody straight he somehow plays the exact same character in top gun a year later you know, he's a little bit more sort of uh, probably using curses in Top Gun because Top Gun is rated R uh, and he can, you know, go for maybe an F-bomb or something. But uh, he's got the same sort of no-nonsense, bald, and in Top Gun he's a little sweatier. But just, you know, you know you're know, you no good, I knew your father, da-da-da-da-da, that kind of thing. And it's just, he's, it's amazing that he played the same character in, in back-to-back summer blockbusters. and. Uh, it's but they're not the same character but they're not the same it's not like name the same character that would have been a really cool thing that they should have done yeah just make them always the same yeah just name him just name him you know bob roberts or something um it's a time it's a time travel movie and it's not confusing yep like it didn't you didn't have to go that's not gonna work it's like it was super simple it only had like eight characters in the entire thing. So there's not a lot going on to make it super complicated. Um, he interacts with his, you know, his parents and makes sure that he gets 
born, which is a little creepy when you think about it. And there's a lot of sort of uncomfortable sort of incesty kind of things that you don't really want to think about at all um, because his mom comes on to him. Yeah. But uh, he slipped past that. It, it gets resolved though. Like she yes, realizes, it it, yeah. within the context of the movie, she starts to yeah. realize that like, wait a minute. <laughs> well, and there's the great line, you know, after she kisses him, she's like, kissing you is like kissing my brother. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's exactly the point. Like that's, that ends mm -hmm. it right there. Right. Um, and, you know, it launched careers. I mean, you know, J Michael J. Fox was, was in Family Ties at the time, but it made him a superstar. Um, basically, he didn't have to, he probably never had to audition for another job in his life after Back to the Future. Yep. Um, yeah, just excellent movie. Leia Thompson in it, which is actually Thompson. ties back to another movie. I didn't get to add it to the list because we watched it after we made this list, but, uh, one of my wife's favorite movies, Spaceballs, also starring okay. Thompson, also watched during this quarantine time. Okay. Yet it's another great one. Disney Plus? It is not. It is on okay. YouTube for free. It is on YouTube. Yeah, you can just free. look it up and you'll find the full cut of it there. Spaceballs the movie. Not Spaceballs, Space Camp. Oh, Space Camp. Yes. I thought you said Spaceballs. I was getting all excited. Yeah. I, well, I've seen Space Camp as well. Yes. And I was like, what is Leah Thompson in Spaceballs? No, space. Yeah, that's, that's not Leah Thompson in Spaceballs. No, that's Daphne Zuniga. <laughs> yes, good pull. <laughs> I know. That's that's all. That's this. That's what we should title the episode: the Daphne Zuniga episode. Yes. Uh, Either that or the uh, 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 God. I've even forgotten the guy that you pulled earlier. <laughs> Timothy Busfield. <laughs> Timothy Busfield. <laughs> I don't even remember the lead from Thirty Something. The the non blonde guy. <laughs> I don't know. Wasn't it? Uh, wasn't it? Uh... Dark haired guy. Oh, see, it's going to drive you nuts. God, we're, we're, the problem is we're 40 something. Yeah. And we were, we were like 15 something when 30 something came out. Why did I watch that show? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> There's nothing about it. it wasn't it, didn't it come out at like right, right around the same time, like 90210 was out and that was geared towards the younger kids. And then there was like Melrose Place, which was like the 20 somethings and then 30 something. But I, don't what, I don't know. I don't know why I watched Anyhow, back to the future though. Space Camp. And Space Camp. Both movies at the same time. <laughs> Both really good movies. Space Camp is the one where they go to Space Camp and then they, don't they get accidentally launched into space or something? That's, like that? that's the whole crux of the movie. They accidentally right. get launched into space and they have to figure out how to get back. And, you know, like a lot of these, it's a bunch of kids. So they. Right. Kid power. Yeah. Kid power. Um, that, would, that would end NASA. Yes. If that order really happened. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and that's the end of NASA. If they came back safe. If, yeah. if, if people launched a bunch of kids up into space, yeah. It, yeah, yeah. NASA well, you, would be over. You see, it's the robot's fault. So that's... <laughs> right. Yeah, that, that should also end NASA if you somehow allow it that the robot can somehow <laughs> cause this massive failure. Uh, clearly, you could tell it must have been filmed with the permission of NASA because... This is back in the 80s, so there's a lot of real footage. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that really blew the kids away was uh, seeing the robot, that robot jinx. It's a practical effect, of course, because mm -hmm. they have. And uh, my youngest one couldn't believe, wait, they could make that back in the 80s? I was like, yeah, they had to actually <laughs> make it because we didn't have the special yeah. effects. Right. So it's funny, my, my kid was, we were watching uh, um, Return of the Jedi last week. And watching uh, C-3PO walk around in the costume. So it's in, 
in the Star Wars universe, spoiler alert, it's an actor in the robot suit, yes. right? Um, and that's like the most practical of practical effects. <laughs> and, uh, um, and I was thinking about it, and I was like, he's walking around, can barely move in this like copper looking suit. And I was just thinking, you know, we're like 20 minutes from Palo Alto where they have like the best robotics lab in the Western hemisphere. And they have these robots that can walk around and jump and do all kinds of stuff. I was like, those robots that they make at Stanford are like more realistic human walkers than this actor in the CPO costume. There's a robot that you can hit with a broom and it writes. Yes, itself. I know. I mean, you could, you could have hit, you know, C3PO with a, with a wet rag and he would have fallen over. Yeah. And he can't get back up in that thing. No, no. So have you shown your kid back to the future, back to back to the future? Yes. Back to the future. Yes. I have, he has seen the first one. Yes. Okay. We have not yet done that. I know it's on our list. It might be yeah. uh, very soon. Mm-hmm. Since I think I'm going to go with a very strict eighties bent for the, the movies I show. I show the kids. Yeah, no, I think uh, we did Back to the Future. We haven't done it in a while. And he's 10, so we probably watched him when he was maybe eight. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, we did have a moment, like after we saw that film, uh, watching, uh, we were downtown at some like, you know, walking festival or something. And there was a DeLorean there. Oh, That you nice. could, you could, uh, he was the guy, the owner of it was allowing people to come and sit in it and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah, the movie definitely made DeLoreans really cool for a lot longer. They've been cool since then, but like, but it wasn't cool before it. it was, yeah, it, it, it obviously was, failed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was like uh, an Edsel or something. It was just complete failure as a as a you know competitor to Ferrari and Lamborghini and stuff like that. Made them into collectors' items. Yes, exactly. Um. So yeah. So. Uh, uh, you know, when we'll, we'll tease our, our, one of our coming upcoming episodes, we will do a full breakdown of uh, star Wars. Uh, and I will explain why the last Jedi, the most criticized film in the series by, you know, internet trolls and, and, and Bernie bros and whatnot um, is the, in fact, the best of the star Wars films. So, you know, All right. subscribe, rate and review unsubscribe, resubscribe, rate and review, repeat, rinse, lather, do all that stuff. Yes. Please do all that. Please give us five stars. Yeah, five stars. I don't know what we're going to do with them, but five stars, they, you know, maybe, I don't know, maybe I'll be able to take that to a restaurant when the world opens up and say, look, you know what? I'm a podcast host. I'm a big a deal. Five-star review here. Yeah. I've got six other one-star reviews, but I've got this one five-star review right here. Yes, we... The Star Wars, we have the Star Wars more than trilogy. The Star Wars. There's there's three trilogies, right? Essentially. N- what do you call a nine movie? A nonology. But then there's also, if you think about Rogue One in there, and then uh, oh gosh, Solo. There's yeah. eleven Star Wars films. Hmm. Plus, we could, I could go into deep dives on the Clone Wars and the uh, the Star Wars Rebel TV show. Yeah. And uh, the co- but- I've been reading the comics too. <laughs> I am a total dork. I apologize to everybody out there that is, you know, offended by dorks. Well, there's plenty of time to talk about Star Wars. We have a lot of time. <laughs> a lot of Yes, we do. We have all the time in the world. We might be doing this, you know, maybe we'll do more than one a week. I don't know. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you everyone for listening. Oh, yes. Wait. Oh, dad bot of the week. Dad bot of the week. Dad bot of the week. Uh, we're going to go with uh, Celebrity Chef. 
uh, Jose Andres. He, um, let me get his uh, information. So he is a celebrity chef. He had a TV show a while ago, but uh, he has restaurants throughout the country. Uh, he's mostly out of the DC area now. Um, uh, he is a uh, Spanish American. Uh, he was really big and active uh, feeding first responders um, and um, people affected by the hurricanes in uh, Puerto Rico, uh, making sure that everybody had meals. Uh, he has made it in the uh, DC area, all the first responders, doctors at all of his restaurants throughout the country. I think doctors and nurses for the next year are gonna be able to eat free at all of his restaurants. Hmm. Uh, and uh, recently on Twitter, I don't know if you've seen this, if you follow him, uh, he, with his daughters, does these little five minute videos where they do like a little, uh, they cook for five minutes. And what they do is they take a Hamilton song hmm. and they're cooking uh, alongside a Hamilton song. So one of them uh, earlier, I think last week was, so they did the Hamilton song, My Shot, and they cooked uh, fried rice. Nice. And it took five minutes, super easy. Uh, he's super engaging, super fun. Uh, and he is a dad. I mean, he's built like a, a pear, <laughs> big in the middle. Yeah. Uh, he's got, he's got a beard. He's, you know, and he's like, a, he's like your typical dad. If he, if he takes the beard off, he looks 30 years younger and like a complete different person. And probably everybody will be like, Oh my God, put the beard back on. Yeah. So with the beard, he could look, he looks like he's the captain of a, of a sea boat. Right. But sea then, captain. Yeah. Without the beard, that's a that's yeah. that's an orange attached to a pear. Well, and here's the thing: like he's he's. I mean, I'm forty six, five, 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 forty five, and uh, I still I don't have any gray hair. I you know I can't grow a full beard. It looks pretty splotchy and spotty and different things. So I generally look pretty younger than I am. He's only like five years older than me. He's only like fifty. Oh, really? But he looks like he's like 75 because he looks like Ernest Hemingway with the beard. Mm. <laughs> and <laughs> so, you know, if he, he, he'd probably, you know, because he's gone full gray and he's balding and, you know, so he's our dad bot of the week. Plus he's doing uh, great work with uh, his, uh, he's feeding people all over the country, feeding first responders, feeding uh, uh, healthcare workers, everybody. Everybody should support him. Thank you, Jose Andres. And please keep yeah. the beard. Yes. It, he, he just looks weird if he doesn't have the beard. All right. That's our episode. That is our episode. Thank you. Rate, prescribe, rescribe, subscribe, review, do all that stuff. Bye. Bye. <laughs>